Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. So this podcast is all about inspiring you, motivating you, pushing you on to achieve more in your life, whether that's in business, property, your health and fitness, your personal life, every part of your life, this podcast hopefully will help you achieve more, do more, and get to where you want to be. So just before the episode starts, I have just launched a new website called terryblackburnproperty.com. On there, I've got all of the services that I offer. So one-to-one coaching in business, property, time management, goal setting, sales, persuasion, loads of different things on there. I've got some online courses, some one-to-one coaching courses as well. So please have a look on there. Really appreciate your support. And if you want to get involved, you want some more specific help from me, you want some more one-to-one coaching and, and assistance from me to help you to get to where you want to be, it's all on there also got a couple of books on amazon and audible the be a lion which has won multiple awards worldwide now and the power of peas is the new one all about the different p words profit power perspective purpose etc i hope you'll really enjoy one last thing from me if you enjoy these podcasts and you benefit from them you learn from them all i ask is that you share it with your friends and family or someone who you think the episode is relevant to you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would massively help. The more shares we get, the bigger guests I can get on the podcast, the more people we can help and the more I can grow the show. So thank you so much. Get in touch if you like what you're listening to. And don't just take notes, take action. Welcome to episode 230 of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director for Wealth Builders, joined today by our founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hi. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Chris. Good to be with you again, sir. Nice to see you. Feeling, re- feeling refreshed after your break? Yes, I had a little golf trip. Uh, really enjoyed that. Nice to have a break because we had a pretty big launch, didn't we, in January? So, uh, yeah, good. So, refreshed, recharged and ready to go. Excellent stuff. Okay, I'm talking about ready to go. We've got a supercharged guest with us today, and it's the return of Terry Blackburn. And Terry's been busy over the last couple of years since he last appeared on Wealth Talk. So, um, yeah, lots to talk about today. But before we we talk to Terry, we've got the next webinar coming up, Kevin, in a couple of weeks' time. And um, this time we're talking all things pension, and we're going to be covering the SAS pension as well. So the title of, of our next webinar is Unlocking a New Source of Funding for Your Properties or Business. Mm, big one, that one. And interestingly enough, I've spoken to Terry about this uh, historically, where he, he's a young man in his 30s and he was like, pension? I can't be bothered with that. And that's right, because most people kind of consign their pension to a box that says do not disturb till 65. But pensions can be combined, collaborated and turned into a business. And that's really essentially what a SAS is. It turns your pension into your business, not somebody else's. And if you've got a property business, it can help you buy more property. And if you've got a conventional business, it can help you support that. If you need support, help you scale up if you're trying to grow. Yeah. So if you'd like to attend that, it's absolutely free. We're doing two sessions, lunchtime and evening, and it's Wednesday, the 21st of February. Head to wealthbuilders.co.uk and you'll see the details right there and you can click and register. Okay, so today really we're talking about how to achieve more in the same amount of time. So lots of productivity tips from Terry Blackburn and uh, and there's a site visit also coming up with Terry on the 6th of March, uh, up close to uh, close to area you know well, Kevin. Well, yeah, he's up in the northeast and uh, obviously an area that people know now is my kind of place of uh, schooling and where I was raised. 
and uh, yeah, near Barnard Castle actually, so nice part of the world. And uh, he's well, he'll tell you his story himself. But uh, super building, which is perfect if someone's looking at a SAS, you can buy a building like that in a pension, or you can buy it conventionally. And in fact, on the day, he's going to talk about how he did that and all the different ways that he used very creative finance to do that. Absolutely. So more details we'll share after the interview with Terry. And also Terry's going to be sharing some productivity tips and also how he's sharing his wisdom and knowledge all around business and finance with his children. He's got four children, so lots of lessons to share there as well. So um, let's dive in and let's listen to our conversation today with Terry Blackburn. Terry, welcome back to Wealth Talk today. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having us back. How are you? Oh, you're welcome. Oh, I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you, Terry. And we were just chatting, weren't we? The last time you appeared on Wealth Talk, can you believe it? It was November 2021, right in the thick of COVID. I think a fair bit's happened since then, right? Crazy, crazy. I can't believe it was that long ago. But when you reflect on that, like on COVID, like it seems like it was an age ago, doesn't it? And so much has happened, but that's just... That just shows how how quick time goes, right? And um, how you've got to make the most of it while you've got it. I think, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that's at the heart of uh, our discussion today, isn't it? It's mm. about making the most of your time, as you say, but also how do you balance all the things that are going on? And when someone's trying mm. to build wealth, they're also managing a family and in some cases a day job as well. Then it can become overwhelming, and Definitely. you've managed to find this right this balance and you seem to be performing at a pretty high level terry and uh, we're going to hear about all of uh, the things you're up to um mm. but let's just rewind back let's look at the last sort of you know two three years when we last spoke on the podcast terry you were running uh, bespoke your company mm -hmm. and um tell us what's happened with that since yeah yeah so w when you said 2021 it's it, it is crazy thinking how much has changed certainly in my life since then so there's lots to to talk about but sort of the key things i suppose so did sell the business i don't know if i was in talks or I shared if i was in talks with 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 the business sale um but that was done in uh, july june slash july 22 um had another baby so that's four children now since the last podcast um sold chairs in another business um set up new businesses moved house um so i sold the business and had a baby and moved house all within a kind of six week period which is very stressful <clears throat> they're some of the three most stressful life events i think you can go through and i just you know not through intention but it all kind of happened at the same time so that, that, that was full on, it set up a construction business, a letting agency, um, sold my shares in the glamping business. I don't even know if we'd, well, we wouldn't have built the glamping business out when we last spoke. I don't even know if I'd acquired the land by then. I can't quite recall. Um, I haven't know. It was, um, yeah, so a lot has I happened. Think, man. Yeah. I think it was all, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was all really, really early stages back then. Was Obviously it? you were, you were kind of involved in property. Um, but uh, yeah, not quite to the extent that you are now. Yeah. And um, I'll just quickly mention because we've got a, um, we're actually coming up to see you, aren't we? So we've organized yeah. a Wealth Builders event uh, to come and look at one of your, your properties. Hotels. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's another business that I've acquired since, um, business and property that I've acquired since we last spoke. So that is a 17 bedroom hotel 
it's got two houses on the land it's got some land at the back which which has got planning for an extension of the hotel 10 bedroom extension plus two five bed houses it's got a bar restaurant a snug area a games room um it's 450 years old charles dickens wrote a book there um there's yeah it's a really really interesting project and property um if anybody comes along, I think we're going to do the event on the 6th of March, I believe. Um, if you come yep. along, you'll see it. You just kind of, I always try and not use emotion when I buy properties, but I must admit when I, when I viewed this property, I was like, oh my God, this property, it, it just it emotionally gets you because it's, it's such a nice building. If you like sort of that stuff anyway, all stone built, really quirky. Um, and I, I purchased it and refinanced it in quite a creative way, which I'm going to share on the in, in the tour. But uh, yeah, great little business. Um, it was ran poorly by the old owners, so I've kind of whipped it into shape. Um, condensed a lot of things, streamlined things, automated things, and it's making some good profit now. Um, and it's fantastic. It's a fantastic business and, and project. So yeah, so that happened as well uh, in 22. So. It's all going on yeah so um so we're looking looking forward to coming up and seeing you and yeah. uh you'll show us around and then we'll we'll sit down and we'll talk through some of the numbers and then find out exactly how you structured that as you say and um yeah that'll be a really really good site visit so um, yeah we'll be sharing more details of how you can join us on that and um, i'm curious yeah. as well um with the sale of that business terry mm. um how how did you know people talk about selling a business and gonna have the freedom gonna have the money but there's some things perhaps that you don't appreciate until you're actually in that moment afterwards looking back mm. tell us what was that like for you what were some of the learnings perhaps from that yeah i mean i've read books on people selling businesses and people lose the lose themselves a little bit and i thought that won't happen to me you know, I honestly thought selling a business and getting a, a, a sum of money like that, I thought it was utopia. You know, you've made it, you can sit back, you can chill, retire and all this stuff. And that couldn't be further from what, what I experienced anyway. <clears throat> um, so I always had, for the nine years around that business, I had a, a, a sales meeting every Monday, 10 o'clock, called it Motivational Mondays. So I ran the sales meeting, buzzed everybody up, jade them all up and... The first Monday after the sale, I was like, this is a bit strange. I haven't got my, my Monday meeting. The second Monday, I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? Have I done the right thing? Like, what, I haven't, I've lost a bit of my identity and my structure. And I did actually love doing it. I love speaking. I love doing sales training and motivating people. Um, so from at that point, I was like, have I done the right thing? Should I have done this? But it's too late at that point, of course. So um, I experienced it. it. It's quite a strange, it's quite a strange feeling. It's certainly, if Ben and I had lots of other businesses at this point as well, so it wasn't like it was my own thing, my only thing. I can imagine if if that's your only business and you sell it, that must be quite quite tough because it was part of my identity. It was part of who I was, and it was a big part of my life. And then when it's kind of stripped away, even though I'm getting got a large sum of, sum of money, it did kind of, I can't really explain it any more than that. It's just a real strange feeling. And the only way I sort of got around that, again, I started to read, started to listen to podcasts, read books, all of that on, on people who've experienced something similar. And all of the, the content I consumed were kind of saying, you've got to reinvent yourself. You've got to 
find your next thing and, and, and effectively I did have to reinvent myself a little bit. So that's kind of why I've threw myself into other businesses, do more of the coaching and other things that I'm doing. It, it kind of kept as um, entertained, you, you could say. But, um, but yeah, strange, man. It's strange. I don't any any of the listeners, if they've sold a the business, they might be able to relate, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm still glad I'd done it and it was the right thing. But um, yeah, strange. Strange experience. Mm. I think alongside that as well is is that goal of achieving financial independence. It's mm. something that people aspire to, and you're chasing it, chasing it, chasing it, and then one day you actually go, oh, "I'm there, right? I've mm. actually got enough money coming in from these different assets now." And what do I do next? You know, what's the next target? What's the next goal? And um, yeah, it, it's something, it's it's hard to sort of prepare for it, isn't it? Definitely. And it's it's not normally as good as you think it's going to be, or it's not often what it what you think is going to happen. It's not often that because, you know, I'm 35, just turned, and like, I couldn't retire at 35. Like, I need something. And I, and I did find out a lot about myself during that period. Like, I thought when I was in the business, I thought, I can't wait to get out new start and you know i won't miss any of this but i've learned that i actually did miss i like interacting with people i like having i wouldn't set up another business on that scale in that industry again i know that much but but i do like to be around people i do like to help people in, in sales training because i was training the sales guys how to sell and make more money that's the same as kind of mentoring so that's kind of what i realized that i missed hence why i threw myself into it now but um yeah, it's definitely, you know, I'm glad I've done it um, and I'm in a good place. I did reinvest majority of the money straight away because um, that's just, I need to keep going. But um, but yeah, really strange experience. It really was. Yeah. So some people would, would have sat back and said, okay, you know, I'll just, I'll just kick back and enjoy life for a little bit, mm. but that's not your style. Is it Terry? So as you say, you, you're straight back on the horse mm. and um, you talked about the glamping business. Mm -hmm. You've got construction business, letting agents. Now we've just talked about the hotel. So some people might think, well, just how do you manage all this? Not to mention obviously your partner, Louise and, yeah. uh, and four children as well. So yeah, yeah. let's talk about how you manage your time, Terry. What are some of the secrets to mm. making sure that you, you know, you, you're present in all of these different areas? Mm. I mean, there's, there's definitely ways I believe you, that people can do this and certainly maybe to improve upon what they're doing now in terms of efficiency and productivity. Um, what I do personally, some sort of key points, I suppose, Google calendar, is massive, you know, no hardback diaries. It needs to be digital. It needs to be accessible on every device, phones, laptops, iPads. It needs to be on all of them. Um, it's a real basic starting point. You need to be really structured with your time. So um, I always make sure that I do something for my mind and something for my body every day. So that doesn't mean I don't do two hours in the gym every day. I generally do every other day I go to the gym. And then I read or listen to something every day to keep my mind and my body sharp. Because I believe that that helps with productivity and efficiency. Because if you're sluggish and tired, or you're not, you need a couple of co coffees to warm your brain up, like you, you're missing a couple of hours a day. By the time you're getting into a good place efficiency wise, that, that you've missed two hours, sometimes longer. So I believe a, a sort of productivity hack would definitely be keeping fit and keeping your mind right as well. 
So every morning I do things like I write down my goals, I plan for the day, use to-do lists. Um, I'll write my gratitude down and I'll generally, I use one of these plans. Anyone who can see on the, um, on the camera, it's called, this is my era planner. Uh, it's like a 90 day, 12 week planner. So I use those every day. So you set goals and key achievements for each day. That really keeps us on track. Um, and I think a big thing is turning notifications off on your phone for things like social media, things like emails, if you can. And like when you're at work, you're at work. So when you're at work, you're not on the phone to your partner. You're not on the phone to the kids. You're not, you know, messaging your mates about boxing or something. You know, when you're at work, you're at, you're at work. And I'm, I am very like that when I'm at work and I've got my time, my, my, my businesses are open effectively. The time I'm working, I'm at work. It's structured. I don't do long meetings. I don't do these hour long Zoom meetings when you don't need to. A lot of meetings can come, can be condensed to 15 or 30 minutes. If you just cut out the chit chat sometimes that you're saving 10, 15 minutes a meeting. If you're doing 10 meetings a day, that's, that's a decent saving of time. So I think being strict with your time, being disciplined, planning, keeping your body right, keeping your mind right. What else do I do? Um, prioritize as well. So when, when you're doing a to-do list, a lot of people fall into this trap. They'll do a to-do list and they'll have 20 things on there. A simple way to become more productive and effective with that is simply prioritize those tasks into the most profitable or the most important. Start with number one and then the second most profitable and important third most profitable and important and working down your to-do list like that. Cause some people have got a to-do list, some really important things on there, but they end up doing the things that aren't really important or productive because they're easier. So having a to-do list, one thing, but then working down in a priority list is, is another, um, always make time for the kids. I always make time for my missus. So for example, I don't work past five o'clock. Uh, every day. So Monday to Friday, I don't work weekends. I haven't for a long time. Um, date night every Tuesday. So tonight we're recording this on a Tuesday. So five, six o'clock phone will be off and out the way. And don't get us wrong. It, you know, the odd week, obviously we don't do it because things crop up, but majority of the time I do that, I pick the kids up most days at sort of three-ish when I'm home, that is. So, um, it can all be done. Like, to summarize those points, it can be done. I've got four kids and businesses all over the place and loads of stuff. You know, it can be done all at the same time, but you've got to, you've got to be disciplined and strict with your time. There's no way you can do it. If you're here, there and everywhere, if you haven't got a PA or a VA, if you haven't got key team members helping you with key areas, you just can't, you can't do it all by yourself. Um, so yeah, I've given loads of different points there. I don't know if you want to talk about anyone in spe uh, specifically, but I'm happy to. Yeah, <clears throat> I was I was going to pick up on the point you just uh, touched on at the end. There is is you've talked about the systems there, leveraging technology, and mm -hmm. um, you can't, I guess, do this without team as well. So having good team members around you, and and that can be a challenge, can't it? Because they often mm -hmm. say in business, you know, one of the you know the hardest things is managing the people within the business. So mm -hmm. have you learned any lessons for? How, how, how to acquire the right people? Yeah, definitely. I made a lot of mistakes on that over the years, you know, Bespoke had over a hundred people, um, working in the company, but by the time I, I sold it, 
Um, at one point, I went up to around about 150, 160 across all of my businesses. And now I'm down to 16, um, which is, and I'm still making a you know, decent level of income. So yeah, in terms of what I've learned, um, I learned from a lot of mistakes, recruiting the wrong people because maybe it's because I just like the person. Um, you've got to recruit on skill set. You've got to bring people in that have a different skill set to you. You've got to obviously like them and, and like the personality wise, and they've got to be able to gel with you. Cause I think that's important. They've got to be able to, you know, take, take instructions and take orders effectively. Um, and it is a challenge. Staff is probably the hardest part about any business, but I think any, any sort of high performing entrepreneur that's got loads and loads of stuff going on, I think a non-negotiable is, is a PA. And I think a non-negotiable is probably someone in accounts because if you've got multiple companies that like you need to know your numbers, you need to be on top of your P&Ls, you need management accounts, you, you need all of that for sure, because you don't want to be sitting on zero, messing around, logging invoices and reconciling things. I mean, it's just a waste of, waste of time. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a real hard one to, to say, you should do this, you should do that. There's the famous phrase, you know, fire quick and hire slow and all of the, those type things. Um, and they do apply in the real world, but I think you've just got to, one thing actually that I do, is, I don't know if you've seen this before. I think it's an action coach um, training session that I know Kevin kind of knows Brad and stuff. Um, but the high phone, high skill matrix is like a plus, isn't it? Where you work out everything that you do on a day to day, the things that are high fun and low fun and things that are high uh, profit and low profit. And you should really, as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, should just be focusing on high fun, high profit because everything else can be delegated. So once you work that out, what you want to be doing and what makes the money, you can then work out what team members you need um, to delegate stuff to. And Mebby's growth is not always the answer. More staff is not always the answer is also something that I've learned um, because I used to just be like, more staff, let's build, 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 build. And that's sometimes you can cause yourself a lot of problems. Um, so that's not always the answer either. But but yeah. Yeah, no, those are good tips. And, um, you know, in order to, for most people um, listening to this, Terry, they'll be on the path towards either financial security. So making sure they've got enough coming in to cover the essential outgoings every mm. month. But once they've achieved that, then it's on to financial independence to have enough money to really live a lifestyle of their choice without compromise and um, recurring income. How how's how important has that been to you when you've been looking at businesses or deals to make sure that there is that high degree of, of income? Yeah, I mean, recurring income is fantastic. That's, you know, if you're looking to acquire businesses or you can you can get a rec recurring income from your business, then that, that's a great thing because it steadies the ship. It takes the pressure off a little bit. If you look to sell it, it's, it's obviously more valuable if it's got recurring income. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's a almost a must if your industry in the business that you're involved in can generate that type of thing through a membership or through some sort of service or product that they pay for each month, then then that's great. That's why I love property. Property is reoccurring, it's not passive, let's be truly honest about it. It's not really passive. Um some strategies are more passive than others, 
But um, but yeah, that that's why I like property because I've got my business income that's flying in, which a lot of the time is I've got to do stuff for it through me and the team. And I invest the profits into property, which ticks along and then produces some reoccurring income. Um, but yeah, I'd highly recommend that for anybody wanting a good quality of life. If you can get reoccurring income, it just makes your life a little bit easier, I think. It takes the pressure off a bit. Um, and, you know, who doesn't want to get paid for minimal work, right? That's that's surely what everybody deep down wants. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so we've heard a bit about the businesses, Terry, mm -hmm. and I know we're scratching the surface because there's so much more we could be talking about <laughs> yeah. with your various businesses. But moving on more to look at how you balance the family side of things and also mm -hmm. to understand a bit more and get to know who are the members of your family. I mentioned your mm -hmm. partner, Louise, and, and she's also very entrepreneurial, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's another factor that sort of would go against traditional thinking of, you know, me not being able to do all the things that I do. You know, she's got an estate agent and a letting agent and she's got property and she's obviously a mum and she's a partner to me. So she's got a lot of lots of things ongoing as well. Um, and again, it just shows that it can be done. You know, you've got to be organised, you've got to be structured, you've got to be disciplined and you've got to be on top of your health. I think are the sort of overarching factors that you need to look after um, or consider. Um, but yeah, in terms of, did you ask how, how do I balance it all? Was that, was that your question there? Well, let's get on. And yeah, so partly and um, and also I'm interested to hear how all of this entrepreneurial mm. flair is passing down to your children. How are they <laughs> sort of picking up on I everything that, that you I and Louise? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and, and, and get your views on this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how do I do it kind of? following on from what I said earlier about the structure, the Google calendar, time blocking and making sure I'm looking after my health and, and my mind. Um, and then it's very much, I think, just being pretty ruthless with your time and being organized and structured and setting goals daily and making sure you're keeping on top of them and not wasting time on low value, low fun tasks. I think that that's a key point for anybody because everyone's situation is different. So I think if you can do that, um, you're going to start to achieve more in the same amount of time that you've got. Maybe he's doing email. Like a good tip, actually, <clears throat> my PA does my emails once a day. Well, she she monitors them daily, but I respond to the, my emails once a day. If it's urgent, she'll send us a WhatsApp. You need to reply to such and such. Because let's be honest, most emails can wait a day. Like they can. If And if it's urgent, they'll ring you anyway. So the only notifications that come through to my phone are my WhatsApp and phone calls, nothing else, because and then in between my tasks, I'll only respond to them um, unless I've got it in my hand, of course. So I think that's that's how to balance it. I think, and I suppose intention is a big thing here. You've got to want to spend time with your partner and want to spend time with your kids, because if you don't want that, you won't do it. But a, a question that I would put to anybody thinking like that is, like if you have, uh, let's say if you've got a billion pound in the bank, like once you've done the holidays and you bought the houses and you bought the cars, what are you going to do with that money? And it normally boils down to spending time with your partner, spending time with your friends and spend time with your family. So if that's what you do, if money was no object, why don't you just do it now? Like in, in, I think there's a great book. I think it's the seven regrets or the 10 regrets of the dying. I don't know if you've heard that book or read that book. And it's all about like quite morbid, but it, 
they interviewed people in hospices and, and they were on the deathbed and nobody said, I wish I worked more. Most people said, I wish I spent more time with my partner. I wish I didn't do this. I wish I, you know, spent more time with the children. I spent more time with friends. So it's all going to come to us. So why don't you act it, it, that way now and, and, and still spend time with your family and your partner and your kids as well as earning money. So, um, so yes, yeah, so, so, so that's that. Um, what was the other two parts of your question? Apologies. Well, now I'm just really moving on to, to I guess, the children now, Terry, kids, yeah. um, because they range in age, don't they, from, I think, 11 down to one. Obviously, Baby Hunter yeah, is yeah. the most recent addition to the family. Um, tell us tell us about your four, four children there, Terry. Yeah, so a uh, 10-year-old, um, an 8-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 1-year-old. So um, three boys, one girl. So I've got my hands full. The girl is... Um, very sassy and very uh coming into teenage years where she's like doesn't want to cuddle dad anymore or any of that um but but they're a challenge man Let, let's just call a spade a spade like it's hard like it is hard man and i think anybody who's a parent can relate to that it is very hard like christmas we had all the kids it was chaos we're taking them on holiday it's chaos um but it's somebody said i heard a lady say this at a, an event i was at and I think she had a couple of kids and she said a phrase that always stuck with us and I'm, I've used it myself a few times since which was kids aren't the reason why I can't do this you know because a lot of people say that oh, I can't do that business because I've got kids or, I can't buy that many property because I've got kids but she said they're the reason why I will do this they're not the reason that I can't do this the reason that I will and that always stuck with us because like it's the same situation, but you can just look at it differently. You could look at children as your fire and your reason why you're going to make loads of money and do all these businesses and set yourself up for whatever type of future that you want. Or you can look at them as a hindrance. And when the crying and the moaning and the kicking off, like you, you do sometimes look at them as a hindrance, don't you? And when you're stressed and they keep you up all night, you, you get a bit stressed. But you, I just that's the way I look at it. They are part of my reason why I'm pushing so hard and, and growing the businesses and making money so I can give them a life that, that I never had. But I don't even want to gift them anything. I want to, I want to make them work for it, um, which is another challenge I haven't really came to yet. Um, but yeah, so it, 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 it's hard, but it's all worth it. Um, wouldn't change it. Mm. So yeah. Well, yeah. So, so Terry, you're 35 years old now. Mm. Um, you had your first child, Ellie, when you were 24, and you started your first business when you were 19. So, you know, still a young man now, but, you, you know, really young at the beginning when you had to manage all of this. And, mm. um, you know, when Ellie, obviously your first child, you know, was there a time when it really hit home uh, that your purpose, you know, your, your ambitions mm. when you were 19, starting up your first business, and then suddenly you're holding your first baby. Did it, how did it change, you know, things for you in terms of your mindset? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I, I went, I went like self-employed when I was 19. So I was like a sole trader. <clears throat> and my first like limited company was Bespoke, which is when I was 24. It was actually, I think it was just before she was born or maybe six months-ish before she was born, maybe it was something like, I remember being at a similar time that I had Ellie and set up my first business. And I was very, very focused at that time. You know, it's quite a few years back. 
I was very, very focused on money and success at that point. And I did, I did neglect the family a little bit at that point because I was so focused on the, in the pursuit of money and success. Um, and I do regret that a little bit, just being honest. Um, but you know, I, I learned from it and, and <clears throat> as I've had more children, I've realized that, you know, I don't want to miss out on stuff again. And, and I, I am definitely different as a dad now than I was back then, but I'll always remember when the first time she called us dad, that was like, poof, I was like, wow, I'm a dad. Like, so it wasn't necessarily when she was born, obviously that was amazing. And the first time she opened her eyes and looked at us, I was like, my God, like, it's not just about me anymore. Like I've got someone to look after. But was when she was about one-ish, when she called us dad and looking at us and she associated the word dad with me. And I was like, oh my God, like, like I'm a dad, like shit, like I need to, yeah, I've got to provide now. So that, that was a real turning point for me. I remember specifically, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then your first son came along yeah. and, uh, didn't you have another sale going through at that time? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so when Theo was born, busy yeah, when Theo was born, I had, uh, I was selling the mortgage genie. So that was a really stressful time. So then I was like, when she was pregnant, the ex-part that was pregnant, I was like, this time I'm going to be more available. I'm going to be more around and all of this. And that didn't happen really because, because I had a big sale going through. That was the first time I sold the company. Really stressful. Um, cause it's not an enjoyable process, by the way, the negotiation and the waiting and the legal fees is not enjoyable. Um, so I had all that ongoing and then fast forward to recently when I had Hunt, uh, my youngest, who's one and a half now, um, like I'm much more like every night I'm home, I put him to bed almost every morning when I'm home, I take him to nursery and was kind of split the pickups, but I'm much more available. Um, and I'm much more present with him, which I'm, which I'm glad that, that I'm getting the opportunity to do. Maybe if I was stuck in growth mode, I might not have, might not have had an opportunity to do that, but yeah. Yeah. And, and that's obviously the financial position that you find yourself in now, Terry, that mm. gives you that time freedom that allows you to do that, isn't it? So um, it's it's only through the hard work that's that's preceded that that allows you now to, to be able to do that with Hunter. D definitely. Definitely. If, if I was in the financial position, if I wasn't in the financial position I'm in, or if I was just stuck in, like I say, entrepreneurial, grow, 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 build, build, build mode. And maybe you're going to miss it. So maybe that's a lesson for any listeners. Maybe you're currently in that mode of <clears throat> build, build, grow, grow, as much money, as much growth as possible, but you're neglecting stuff at home. If you can, I would advise it. Certainly, I'm certainly glad that I've done it, is just spend more time with them because the only young ones, you know, most people have heard someone who's typically a bit older than them say that to them, right? Where they say, you don't want to miss out. It goes too quick. The growth really, everyone's heard them phrases and it is true. I'm lucky enough to have a sort of fourth go. You could say a fourth bite at the cherry, you could say, um, and make sure that I'm there. And, um, yeah, hopefully someone listening to that might just realize, you know what, I should be spending a bit more time with the family and, um, yeah, and do it. Mm. So I'm keen to hear Terry some of the things that you're doing with children to help, I guess, share some of the, this entrepreneurial knowledge mm. and, and see how they're picking up on it and how you're involving them, where you're having these conversations about money. Mm. But just before that, mm. what was your experience as a child growing up? 
with your relationship with money and finance. Did you have a financial role model uh, in your life? No, no. Um, I've been asked this question before. So um, we didn't have any money growing up. I grew up in Throckley, Newcastle upon Tyne, if anyone knows where that is, in a block of flats, which wasn't the nicest area until I was about 10-ish. Um, but no, I had no money growing up. And then my mum set up a business, um, started to do well, we moved out of the flat, and then she lost it all. So I kind of experienced nothing, something, and then nothing. And I think that sparked my interest in in money and business, but, and I wanted to protect myself so I, that never happened to me. And so I think where property came in, but no role models, no first real person I ever listened to uh, speak about money was Brian Tracy uh, when I was 19. And that just, pff, that, that was a switch in my brain that, that was like, wow, there's something else here to this world. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, in terms of what I'm doing with the kids, I know we spoke about this previous to the to this call. Um, it's a hard one, right? That's why I love what you guys are doing because nobody's really saying this is what you should do and this will result in this, right? Because nobody really knows. Because you could teach your kids certain things, but they still might not turn out very well. So it's kind of a hard one. And I think you can only do what you, what you think. And I think that's why this Wealth Builder for Families thing is so good why I want to endorse it is because if we can, if you, if you guys, we are, however it's structured, can come up with, you know, do this and you've got a strong chance that they're going to, your children are going to be financially sound or good with money. I think that would be an amazing thing if you could come up with that. But the things that I'm doing are like, um, so when we go to the hotel, um, I take my kids there, um, you know, once or twice a month. And when I first started to take them there, because they love it, it's like dad's hotel and they run around and they speak to everyone. They think it's great. But then the first few times they were there, I watched them. And obviously there's a restaurant there. So they were ordering what they want on the menu and they're ordering loads of stuff. for me daughter saying, I want steak and prawns and all this. And I'm like, she's 10. And, um, and then she was getting the food, eating the food and all this. It always says thank you and stuff, which is important. But then it started to become like, I want this, 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 and this. And then, and I was a bit like, no, no, I can't have this. You can't, you don't just expect it. I said, I'm still paying for this food. I still pay the bill. He loads my business. I still pay money into the business. I went, you can't just take this for granted. So I tell you what, you're going to wash the dishes after this. And I went, I went, yeah, you're washing the dishes. So I made them go into the, into the rest, into the kitchen, put the pennies on. I've actually got a picture somewhere. Um, put the pennies on and I made them wash the dishes. And they're, they were whinging on, why do I have to do this and all this? So I just tried to explain to them, like, like, I didn't have this when I was your age. And the reason why you have to do the dishes is you have to work for things that you want. So if you want to come here and enjoy yourself and run around and play and whatever, and you want to eat food for free, you need to understand that that doesn't happen in real life. You need to, you need to work for things that you want. So I, d I do that. Um, well, I'm actually going to, I only decided this last week. But at the Ancient Unicorn, where we're going to do the tour at the hotel, we're going to do a car boot sale once every month. And this is what the team came up with at the Unicorn, um, just to get more people in the door. Because there's land at the back so people can put the stalls up. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the kids go and I'm going to make them sell the toys. And I'm going to say to them, we'll go halfies on the money. Because I bought them in the first place. So if you want to sell them, I want you to learn how to speak to people and you can have half the money. So I'm going to do that with them. I've never done that before. I don't know how it'll go. 
um what what one thing that louise does actually with um with my stepson which is jude every night when he goes to bed she makes him write a gratitude list and on that list so what are you grateful for um you know going here to this place or mum and dad spending this much money on us or going to this place having this for tea and just getting them into that state of gratitude i think has got to have a positive impact on kids because if they if they understand and they are grateful for the things that they've got they, they should attract more and they should be they should value stuff more little things like the pocket money um i try not to spoil them They've always got to say please and thank you. And generally, if they if they want something, I'm trying to make them do something to get whatever they want, um, a task or you know, tidying a bedroom or something like that. Um, and that's all I'm kind of doing. Again, I think it, who knows what the right answer is. But one thing I know is not the right answer is to spoil them and to gift them everything. I really believe that that that's one of the downsides of becoming wealthy is because they expect things don't they and they kind of yeah they get used to a certain quality of life don't they used to go in certain places and if they just then expect that then they could become one of these entitled brats couldn't they? and want to live off mum and dad um for the rest of their life so that's certainly my view in it whether it's right or wrong i, I, I don't know but that's that's my view anyway yeah and and children growing up in the digital age that we are now, Terry, often parents worry that they don't understand the true value of money because they don't actually see it. Everything's just tap, tap, tap. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you using cash? Are you giving them pocket money in, in coins and, and tangible assets? Yeah, so they've all got a little safe just from August, wherever it was from, with a little code. So the pocket money that they get in cash, they put in the little safe. And I encourage them. So if, if we're going somewhere, I'll say, well, do you want to take some of your pocket money if you want to buy something? Sometimes they'll say yes. Sometimes they'll say no. Or sometimes we'll go somewhere and they'll be like, oh, well, I want that toy, but it's 50 quid. And I'm like, well, yeah, you've only bought 30. So I'll give you the 20 if you give me the 20 back out of your safe. Or do you want to save up or do you not want to get it? And try and get them to understand that they can't just have everything. Um, I play Monopoly with them. I play the kids Monopoly. Um, they seem to like that, although that I'm very competitive and I don't let them win ever. Um, <laughs> and I won't change that because I'm too competitive, but I also think that's important to like, why should they win? Why should they win? If they win legitimately, that's fair enough, but I'm not going to let them win. I don't think that's right. People don't let do that in business. So they are, yeah. he, he has a property. Nobody does that to that. He has, um, he has this business or, you know, he has a few, nobody does that. So why, why would you do it in the game of, of life if, if they don't do it in real life? So, so yeah, that's what I do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the education system, uh, growing up yourself and now seeing your children going through the, the schooling system, are you seeing any signs of these conversations, any kind of learnings around money? Do they come home and say, oh, we talked about this today? Unfortunately, no. Um, you know, the school system is, um, yeah, I don't want to get myself in trouble by saying anything too bad about the school system, but I think it's flawed in, in many ways. I, I don't know why they don't teach this. I've seen you, yous are involved in like a petition to try and get them to talk about what it's schools and um i don't think it'll ever come in um 
unfortunately. So I think it's down to us as parents to, to educate them. Um, they've came back a few times from school and said things like, I'm going to start selling sweets. Or I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. Whether that came from a conversation at school or something that they've seen on YouTube or who knows. I don't think it's ever going to be taught in schools properly, unfortunately. Um, and I haven't really seen any, like, any entrepreneurial flair in them yet. My daughter draws quite a bit. So I've said to her a couple of times, why don't you try and sell these drones on eBay? Why don't you try and sell them? She's like, yeah, can we? I'm like, yeah, well, work out how to do it and then let us know. And she, she doesn't. So, because I don't want to just say, right, well, yeah. let, I'll do it for you. Because then I'm, that, she needs to be proactive. So, um, yeah, that's the only thing I've seen. But I think they're young. Um, hopefully, as they get older, they start to get a bit of what I've got. Um, but if they don't, as long as they're still happy at the end of the day, they don't, they don't have to be entrepreneurs. Um, I'm happy if they're happy, as long as they're happy and content and, and they understand the value of money. I would like, I would love them to get into business. I'd love them to become more successful than me. Because I do think that's something I think you should be more successful than your parents. And I think, because you can pass down your lessons, can't you? So they can fast track the mistakes by getting your knowledge and your lessons. So I'd hope all of my kids become more successful than me. And then their kids become more successful than them. But you can't control it, can you? No. And maybe that's a nice point for us to uh, round things off there is that idea of sort of compounding knowledge and compounding mm. lessons through the generations, right? And as you say, you would hope that a little bit more rubs off every generation Definitely. and um, ties in with one of our principles that we're teaching around family wealth of this principle of planting seeds of delayed gratification and you know children understanding that in this age of everything just seeming to be instant and at mm. the touch of a you know a button that when it comes to building wealth that's not always the case right no, no. you have to plant seeds and you have to appreciate hard work comes before results mm. 100% it does, 100%, and that, that is a worry, let's be honest. If you watch young kids on TikTok, I mean, it's quite scary. They're literally, their attention span is like milliseconds like this. And like, so what are they going to be like? You know, are they going to be able to keep their attention on growing wealth over a space of five years when they can't look at a video for longer than half a second? Like, who knows what the technology is doing to them? Again, I think I think it falls back to the parents. You can limit time on iPads. You can limit time on YouTube, <clears throat> and try and keep them. But can you imagine if, like most of the population, this new generation, have these really poor attention spans and they, they don't value things. They're all entitled. They're all soft. They all want everything yesterday. If if the generation becomes like that, if your son or daughter is above that in terms of switched on to things like they're going to be they're going to be so far ahead because i do think most of the generation unfortunately are going to be into that first sort of category of low attention span value you know want everything for nothing so if you if your son or daughter can become a bit of a, a killer then a bit of a savage then <laughs> what they're going to do man they're going to they're going to smash it man so yeah 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 my final question for you, Terry, mm -hmm. you, you talked about setting goals and intentions every day. Mm -hmm. 
How far ahead do you plan? So within the next five years, do you already have that mapped out in your head of where you want to be? So every year I do a gym run, uh, goal setting exercise where you identify one, three, five and 10 years. Now the 10 year one moves all the time because it's quite a big thing, isn't it? Normally each year it's kind of different or there's different things on there. But one year I'm bulletproof on exactly what I want one year, three year I'm probably 80% and exactly what I want to achieve. Five years, probably 60, 70%. Cause I think goals are always changing that much. Um, and I think they should always be evolving, but I, I'm pretty clear on what I want for each business, pretty clear what I want personally. And, and yeah, within 10 years, I, I, I say that I don't want to be working as much as I am now, but who knows? probably 10 years ago or 25 i probably said i'll be retired by 35 sitting on the beach and i'm not so um so yeah but i think that is an important point i do think you've got to you've got to have short-term goals and your kpis that are weekly and daily but longer term goals if they're exciting and juicy enough i think it'll keep you more focused than the day-to-day as well like if you've got an overarching like big reason why over here um I think that'll keep you more focused as in the short term as well. Yeah. Well, I look forward to the next time that we invite you back <laughs> onto the podcast, Terry, and we can see what, see what's, what's happened. happened in that short space of time. <laughs> but hopefully, um, but thanks so much for sharing. But hopefully no more children, I was going to say, because yeah. I can't deal with any more. Four's enough. Yeah, yeah that's, that's for sure. So thanks, thanks so much for sharing everything about your family with us today, Terry, with how you're managing your time, how you're finding that balance between work and, mm. uh, and everything else you have going on in businesses. So, um, yeah, congratulations on everything you've achieved so far, Terry. And we're looking forward to uh, catching up with you in March and have a look around your hotel. Yeah, so uh, thanks again. Sounds good. No, thank you for having us, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Christian. Terry's always good value for money there, Kevin, and um, he certainly wasn't short of ideas for us today. Well, lots to unpack as always with Terry and such an enthusiastic young man and a go-getter at every aspect in terms of how he works hard, plays hard and looks after himself as well. As you can tell, the health wealth thing came up loud and clear there. And uh, yeah, all fair play to him. Okay, just before we go into some of the lessons from uh, the conversation there with Terry, let's read out one of our latest reviews from Trustpilot. And it ties in actually with uh, with SAS, which we've got our upcoming webinar taking place on Wednesday, the 21st of February. So do register for that. And uh, the review, it's from Ju, J-U. And uh, Ju says, setting up and running a SAS presents a minefield to navigate, but wealth builders along with their training helped me not only understand SAS pension, but assisted with its creation via an administrator. And if you're looking to enter the world of SAS pension and need educating, these are the guys to speak to. Good, good to, to hear that from uh, from Ju. Um, and we're, we're pleased we've helped thousands of property investors in particular because property is an expensive asset. So turning pension money and certainly combining it for more and more buying power, very powerful way to be able to acquire property that otherwise would be left you just simply unacquired and not part of your asset base. Now, one of the things that we hear all the time, Kevin, when we're speaking to people about wealth building is a lack of time. 
And Terry, I think, has proven that uh, if you put your mind to it, if you're efficient, if you've got some processes in your life, that you can juggle building a business, building a property portfolio, having a, a family, and, and still enjoying all of that as well. So uh, we all have the same amount of time. We know this. We hear this a lot. Um, so some good things. And uh, for Terry, um, it all began in quite humble beginnings for him. Um, so it's not, he said he didn't have a financial role model necessarily, but the catalyst for him was uh, listening to Brian Tracy and um, and he's gone on to achieve great things and uh, still only age 35. I think catalyst is an important word, Chris, which is the stimulation for moving an object of rest. You know, if it doesn't, if something stays the same, stays flat, doesn't move, something needs to interrupt that pattern. And that could be a book, it could be a person, it could be an inspiration from any direction. And all I suggest is people become open to that, seek that first ROI to recognize your one relationship, that's the R, opportunity, that's the O, an idea, that's the I, whether it comes in a book, a podcast, uh, wherever it comes, seek it out and be curious because once you make the decision, and it's in the decisions that's key, once you make the decision to choose wealth, uncertainty over trading time for money and uncertainty, the world will move uh, in your favor. So I just encourage, if Terry's your catalyst, act on it. If we are your catalyst, act on it. If your spouse or partner is your catalyst, act on it. If uh, someone who died or got ill and you realize life is for living, act on it. Find a way to get a catalyst. Don't stay stuck thinking about wealth. Take some action. And so much has happened in the last couple of years for Terry that he, he almost struggled to remember everything that he's been up to there with hotels and glamping sites and selling his business. And, uh, and that was one aspect that was interesting, actually, selling a business that he's he very involved in every day for nine years. And he talked about losing his identity and, and losing that team because he had over, well, he said, nearly 150 employees at its peak. It's a difficult one. It's a, a one that can be helped by thinking about wealth building at the same time as building a business. Because very often, and only a handful, you know, less than 5,000 businesses a year, are sold in the UK for more than a million pounds, which would be a decent sum of money in anybody's book. And um, for those who do, invariably the only asset that they built is the business. So when they do sell it, and more often than not, they sell it without recurring income, which therefore means it's less valuable and there are more strings attached to the sale because the acquirer doesn't know it's going to work for a while. So you're often tied in either as an employee or a consultant you know, where the deal is paid in two or three different stages, something up front, something in the interim and something at some end point. Whereas the more you can create recurring income, the greater the stability of the business and therefore you don't need these really long challenging earnout clauses because the predictability is in the recurring revenue not in the work that somebody has to do to generate it because the business isn't dependent so that's number one the second point is if you're building wealth at the same time as building a business so taking some of the profit which is temporary and turning it into an asset which is permanent then when you do sell your business and you lose the identity of the business owner you're now a business owner of the wealth of your whole family because you've got the experience of knowing what to do because you've been making investment decisions as you built your business rather than waiting till 
one day when all of a sudden you might feel very nervous, very uncomfortable, feeling like a newbie when in the past you were absolutely the expert. And that leads nicely on to the, the final points Terry discussed about passing on the lessons to his children, four children there. And important for Terry that they are not entitled, they, they're not spoiled, and really passing on that value of you must work for what you want. And uh, did some interesting things in terms of when they're selling toys, you know, making sure they split the money because he's the one who bought the toys. But also talking about that keeping money tangible and love the idea of them all having their own little safe and i love and that never that. heard that one before i mean look everybody everybody's parenting style and views about pocket money working for money is different right we're not saying and terry certainly wasn't saying he was right in fact he said nobody knows what's right and he's absolutely correct in that because you don't know what's right you do what you think is right, but be open to ideas that come from other people, which could be, oh, wow, now I know that. That's a good idea. I'll use that. And that's the benefit of community, which is why so many of our parents are sharing the lessons they're learning or absorbing from others. And I love the safe idea. I think it's a really cool idea to imagine a kid having a little safe with their money in, you know, and it feels precious. And I think that could change the, the, the nature of the relationship with money. Not altogether sure I agreed with some of those things personally, but hey, that's the whole point about that, you know, getting kids to do the dishes. Well, I'm not sure, but maybe it was more tongue in cheek than absolutely having to work for it. But you can never really tell because it's only a snapshot of a conversation. Absolutely. Well, reminder again that uh, Terry will be doing a site visit in conjunction with Wealth Builders on the 6th of March. And if you'd like to find out details of how you can attend, uh, that'll be up in the northeast. Then head to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash events. And uh, for Wealth Builder members, there will be discounts um, on those tickets as well. Mm -hmm. All right. So that wraps up another episode. Thanks again to Terry for sharing uh, all those insights. And Kevin, you and I will be back same time, same place next week. We will, my friend. Until then, see ya.